Welcome to episode two of the Tattlecast. This is Jared. I am super excited for this episode because we finally have information to go over about the Yokai Watch trading card game. It's not just a bunch of speculation this time, it's real information. Over the weekend, San Diego Comic Con, Hasbro showed up and they had a couple booths. Um, they had their main booth and they had a booth off to the side, from what I gathered. Outside, it was just purely Yokai. But in their weekend events itinerary, they did demos of the trading card game. And with those demos, people were able to actually play the game. Uh, some people got some real packs of cards that they got to open. And a promo card was given out to those people that, that played the game. So finally, in all the digging over the internet, reaching out to different people and checking out uh different videos and pictures I found, I've kind of pieced together a lot of information we can go over. I will start by saying I did not get to go to San Diego Comic Con, which is a huge bummer. Uh, I really didn't know they were going to have such a large presence. Otherwise, I probably would have tried to get down there to experience all this firsthand. But, you know, I think their press release saying that all this stuff was going to happen was just right before the convention happened. So there wasn't enough time for me to to get down there. So Hasbro, you got to do better at letting the people know when this stuff's going on and that way we can show up and help support the product. But let's start by going over the rules. That'll be our first stop here in the podcast. I want to give a shout out to Daisuke Ray. I think that's how you pronounce it. They actually posted a brief rundown of the rules on our uh, Reddit our uh, subreddit forum, and if you're not a part of that, the Yokai Watch Reddit, just Google Yokai Watch Reddit, and you'll find it. That is a great community. That's where, I mean, I feel like that's your first source for news when it comes to Yokai Watch. Great moderator, great group of people coming together and posting stuff. So check that out. Anyway, Daisuke Ray, he posted a quick rundown, so I'm not going to read it word for word, but. Here are the basics of, of how it plays. First of all, the main goal of the game is to knock out your opponent's three life cards. And actually, I guess you hit them one more time after that. So apparently, you have three cards on the table that are your life cards. And if you get attacked by a yokai and you can't block it, you're going to have to take one of those life cards and put it into your hand, therefore depleting your life. If you don't have any life cards, so the three are already returned to your hand, and you get attacked again, that's when you're that's when you lose. You're out of the game. I don't have any information about the life cards other than what you know that part of the rules. I haven't seen the life cards, so I don't know if there's some kind of special effect that happens. Uh, I imagine they do something because they're they're added to your hand. They're not just discarded from the game or flipped over or whatever. So I imagine there's some type of game text to them, but I don't know what. So that's that's the win condition. So how do you play? Well, and I, I'm going to be completely honest through all this. So if I, if I don't like how something is, I'm going to let you know I don't like how it is. If I like how something is, I'll let you know I like it. But I, one thing I am disappointed about is in the card game, there is only one type of card. And I think I speculated that that would be impossible. Why would Hasbro just come out with one type of card? Well, 
They did. As of now, it looks like the only cards in the game are yokai. That's it. There's no actions, no locations, no items, nothing else. So if you go first, you are allowed to play one yokai, and you can't attack. I'm not sure if you get to draw on the opening turn. It, it wasn't really uh, discussed in his rundown of the rules. Little rules like that, little details of the game, I really don't have, and I won't have until I get to read an actual rule book. But I imagine you might get to draw because you only get to play one card, and usually you can play two, and you don't get to attack. And that might make more sense if I tell you kind of the order of the turn. So first thing you do on your turn is you draw a card. The next thing you do is you refresh any used yokai medals. So we'll get to more of that in a second. Next, you wake up one sleeping yokai. A sleeping yokai is a yokai that has been turned face down. And multiple yokai could be put to sleep during your turn, but you only get to turn one face up each time per turn. So you only get to wake up one yokai. After that, you untapped all of your tapped yokai, and then you can play up to two yokai from your hand, and or you could power up as many yokai on your field as you can, and draw cards accordingly. We'll get to that in a second. After that, you attack, and after you're done attacking, your turn ends. So that's a brief rundown of what the turn order looks like. So, let's go to the first player's turn. I'm going to guess they draw a card first. Don't know. They might not be able to, but you draw a card. You refresh any of your yokai medals. Any yokai medals that you flipped during your turn will come back to be used again this turn. During the game, you're going to be taking a yokai medal that you have in front of you, and you're going to be flipping it, I'm, I'm guessing just like a coin, and different actions will happen if it lands face up or face down. From what I've gathered, after you've done that, it's kind of a used metal at that point. No matter how the outcome was, face up, face down, it gets used, and it's put off to the side. Uh, we do know the starter decks come with two medals, and the game requires at least two medals to play. Alright, so you refresh your flipped yokai medals. I already talked about waking up, so that wouldn't happen on the first player's turn, because nothing's been put to sleep. Untap any tapped yokai, that wouldn't happen on the first player's turn. He doesn't have any yokai. So now, playing up to two yokai. The first player can only play one yokai. So we were right in speculating that the top left number is a casting cost. We were well, I was completely wrong in speculating how that casting cost would be paid. Here's how it works. That number, when you play a yokai, you have to have at least that many yokai on your side of the field. So your first yokai that you play from your deck has to be a zero-cost yokai because you don't have any yokai out at that time. The next yokai you end up playing in the game, it could be a zero or a one. Then the one after that could either be a zero, one, or a two, so on and so forth. So that's how you are able to afford the different yokai. The first player can only play one, so he has to play a zero-cost yokai. After that um, is the attack phase, and 
it doesn't specify, other than the first player, he can't attack. Now, the second player could attack. So, I don't see any rules like other card games where you can't attack the turn you put a, you know, a monster or yokai or whatever into play. A lot of times, they don't allow that. It looks like that might be possible in this game. With the only stipulation being, first player can't do it. Alright, so let's go. Uh, I take my turn. I play a zero-cost yokai. I can't attack, so I end my turn. I pass to my opponent. Alright, second player draws a card. Doesn't do the refresh. Doesn't do the wake-up sleeping. Uh, doesn't untap. He can now play two yokai. So maybe on his turn, he plays a zero-cost and a one-cost. From what I've read and gathered, it sounds like he can immediately attack. So let's say he decides to attack with his zero-cost uh, Jabanian, and he would then tap, I guess, the, the zero-cost Jabanian and declare that he's attacking with it. Now the opponent gets a chance to block by, I'm guessing once again, tapping his yokai to uh, show that he's blocking that attack and he doesn't want to take a, a life card's worth of damage. So those two yokai would then compare their strength, which is the middle number on the bottom, and the lower yokai, the num or the, the yokai with the lower attack power would be put to sleep and turned face down. Now, there are there's an action you can take at that point that involves the metals. And this is uh, this was really vague. The the person that posted this on Reddit, he had um, he didn't get to participate completely in the demo, he said. And the demo was also being shown to like a lot of younger kids, so he was like the oldest one there. So I think they kind of were simplifying the language and instructions as much as they could to get the uh, the kids to where they could understand what was going on. But from what it sounded like, the attacker could take one of his ready metals and flip it. It has to be from the same tribe as the attacking character. That's important. So if I was attacking with the zero-cost Jabanian, and he's part of the charming tribe. If I had a charming metal in front of me, I could take it, I could flip it. If I hit heads, I'm going to get that bonus on the bottom right of the card. So if it was like plus 100 and then showed the charming tribe icon, and I hit heads, my Jabania's power would go up plus 100. So now he'd be hitting for 200 if his base attack was 100. Now the defender also gets a shot at doing this. He could take a medal from the same tribe as the defending yokai and flip it. If he hits heads, he's going to double his attack power. Like I said, he just he thought that's what happened. Um, he wasn't 100% sure because they were really vague during this time, but he would get to double his power, which seems really strong, but I guess defender always needs a little bit of a extra boost. So that's how the attacking works. You declare your attacker, they either block or they don't. Now if they wouldn't block and your Jabanian just attacked and they're like, I'm not blocking, they're going to take a life point. Now another small little nuance to the rule is they can only take one life card of damage per turn. 
that's it. So if they didn't have any yokai on their field or they were all asleep or something weird happened and uh, you had three yokai that were ready to attack, or let's say four, you couldn't just end the game by attacking and then attacking and then attacking and then attacking and now they're dead. I don't know what that looks like officially in the rules, so I don't know if after you would attack with that first yokai and they take their life points damage, if you're just not allowed to do anything, if you have to pass. But from what he uh, what he said, you can't take two life point cards worth of damage in the same turn, which I think is great. I mean, who would want to play a game and then in one turn you're just completely knocked out because you, you couldn't get cards played down right? Okay, I think I went over all the basics of the rules. Oh, wait, no, one other thing. There's that other number, the bottom um, left-hand side of the card that shows the uh, yokai's picture, like a, a portrait of his face, which I was wrong there, too, in my speculation. I thought, surely they wouldn't, you know, illustrate twice on every single card. they got to illustrate the main picture and the little head. Surely they're not going to do that. Well, they did it, so that's... I mean, that's kind of cool, I guess, that they're going to take the time to do that on every card. I mean, it looks pretty neat in the cards I've seen. What that number is, that is a power-up. Uh, I'm looking for the official terminology. Yeah, it's just a power-up bonus is what it's called. And um, if you have a yokai in your hand that's a duplicate of a yokai you have on the field, so long as it is the same casting cost or lower, you can power up the yokai on the table by tucking that other yokai card underneath of it. It's now going to get that bonus listed on the bottom left of the card. Now, there's some questions I have about this that I don't have answers to. Can you power up just as much as you want? Can you just keep powering up the yokai and keep stacking up those numbers? Uh, my other question is, when you do that flip when you're attacking to get the bonus, do you get to rack up all the bonuses from the power-up cards? I'm going to guess not. I'm going to guess you only get to do that based on the character that's attacking. But that's just a guess. I don't have an official word on that. It does look like, based on the rules that were given, you can power up as many times as you want per turn. Oh, and there's also a bonus for powering up. When you power up, you get to draw a card. Now, Daisuke Rei, he thought that he heard them say you could also power up cards that cost more than the card you're placing down, but you don't get the draw bonus. So, I'm not sure about that, but, I mean, that would make sense if you're... you're you're putting a, a higher cost than you can pay for underneath of him. You don't get that, that extra card. That might make sense. And I think, I'm just scanning over the rules here. I think with that being able, or you know, that being said, I think that's the basics of the game. I have posted some pictures on the Reddit and our Twitter account, uh, at the Tattlecast, you can get on there and see of the playmat and some of the different cards I've found. So let's go over that. Let's go over what is going to be available because there was a nice shot from Twitter, from Hasbro, showcasing kind of the first lineup of stuff that's coming out. 
And what's really weird about this is if you like zoom in on the picture, it tells you the price on each of these, and then it tells you the when they're going to be available. Every single one of these says they're going to be available on July 1st of 2016. Well, we're already past that date, so I'm really hoping it was just mistyped, and it was supposed to be 8-1 instead of 7-1, and maybe we're going to see this stuff hitting shelves in like a week, two weeks. That would be amazing. But all the other stuff says fall, so I'm... I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking we might get it around the same time that the next batch of uh, the DS games come out, which I think is September. But it would be cool if it came out August 1st to kind of coincide with Season 2 of the anime, which will be coming out. Alright, so let's go over the different products. We've got the Blind Booster Pack, and it's going to run $3.99. And that's just where you'll get your pack of, I believe, 10 cards come in a booster pack. We've got two different starter decks that are going to be available, each coming with a 40-card deck, rules, a play mat, and two yokai medals, which I think are limited editions for the separate starter decks. We have a Jibanyan starter deck that comes with Jibanyan and Walkappa among other yokai, but those are the two medals that are showcased and come with it. And then we've got one with Blazion on the front that comes with a Blazion medal and a Komajiro medal. Those are going to cost $12.99 apiece. Our other options, and it looks like we've got two different ones of these based on the picture they gave. We've got, unless they're just showing the front of the box and the back of the box, I don't know. This is the Yokai Watch TCG collection box. And from their initial original release, they said this was going to be a Walmart exclusive. So if you want to get a hold of this box, you'll have to buy it at Walmart. And like I said, I'm not sure if this is two separate boxes or just the front and the back, but we've got one box that's showing a really cool picture of Robanyan, and it looks like it comes with a limited edition Robanyan medal. And then we've got another box that shows QB, and there's a QB medal sitting next to it that looks like it's unique to that box. Both of those boxes come with four packs of cards, and the medal, and then the, uh, the storage box. And it looks like the retail price on that is going to be $19.99 which isn't a bad deal. You get a metal storage case, four packs for 20 bucks. That's a pretty good deal. But it does say on there that a 40-card deck and two medals are required to play the game. So you can't play the game just by buying that box. You're not going to have enough stuff. So that's the different items that are going to be available on launch. Now, another picture that I've posted is a close-up of that playmat that comes in the starter deck. And I think this is really interesting, to say the least. Um, the layout on it is not what I expected at all. It looks like... Some, now, it's covered up with cards, but it almost looks like there's six spots for yokai metal. So I'm going to speculate you can bring a maximum of six medals with you to the game. And then to the right of the metal spots, 
maybe a location for you to place your deck and your discard pile and I'm guessing your life cards. In fact, that might be the life cards that you can kind of see in that picture hanging out in the background, but you, you can't tell what's going on with them. They look completely different than all the other cards, but I can't tell what's written on them. And then it looks like it's got a spot on top of your deck for possibly used metals as you flip them. So, no place to play the cards, though. I was really expecting, like, a battle zone where you'd play your yokai down. and That's not, not on there at all. It's just got spots for your, your deck and your metals. So, let's take a look at the cards that have been leaked so far. And let's start with the promo card that was given out which if you haven't, if you didn't make it like me, you can get these. They're already starting to pop up on eBay. I totally recommend buying one. That is such a cool picture of Jabanian. I, uh, I don't know. I was kind of leery about the art, but after seeing this promo card, it looks really good in this cool 3D, I don't know, in the hologram and everything. And then on the side, it says San Diego, California. July 24th to July 27th, 2016. Really cool looking card. But let's talk about him. He's got a zero cost, so you could play him turn one. He has 100 base attack and 100 power-up bonus for everyone played underneath of him. And then on the right side, his tribal flip bonus, I guess we'll call it, is also plus 100. So if you played him on turn one and next turn you powered him up and you attacked with him and you flipped and got heads, you're going to be attacking for 300. Actually, if you went second in the game, you could hit for 300 that same turn, which seems pretty good. I don't think I've, I have ordered one on eBay. I don't think I'm going to play with this. I think I'm going to frame it just because it looks really neat. But I imagine we're going to have something equivalent to this same card in the uh, the base set there. All right, let's go to the other cards. We had somebody on Reddit that got a pack while they were down there at Comic Con. They opened them up, spread them all out, and took a picture of them for me. So let's let's run through those. Let's start with the one casting cost characters. We've got a Chatterley, we've got a Jabanyan, we've got a Tattletale. All three are one casting cost yokai. None of them have any abilities. And they have the same spread of um, stats. So plus 100 when they're powered up, 200 base attack, and plus 200 if you get the attack flip. So if you played your one-drop Jabanyan and you powered him up and you attacked and you hit your flip, you're already hitting for 500 damage. Well, 500 attack, I should say. And that's the same across all those. And I, I think we're going to see a lot of this to where every tribe has the same exact card, but just a different character for the tribe and a different little uh, flavor text. And that's all these have right now. So like uh, Jabanyan says, Jabanyan's favorite fighting move is Paul's of Fury. It works well, except on trucks. That's what each of these have, just a little bit of flavor text. Alright, let's go to the two casting cost characters. We have a Jabanyan that costs two to play. We have a Dismeralda. And that's it. Both of those have the exact same stats as well. 
300 base attack, plus 100 for power up, and plus 200 for the tribal flip. Alright, let's go to three casting cost characters. Now here's where we start getting into some unique card effects, which I really like. We have a three cost Urnaconda that has a 400 base attack. He gets plus 200 if he's powered up. He gets plus 100 on the attack flip. So if he's powered up one time, you've got 600 attack power, which seems pretty good for a, a three casting cost character. He has an ability on this one that says Urnaconda cannot be blocked by yokai in the shady or mysterious tribes. So that's pretty neat. If that's all your opponent has out on the field, sorry, they're taking a they're taking a damage. They can't do anything to stop the Urnaconda at that point. All right, our other three casting cost. We have a B3 NK1. Yokai and oh, let's start. Let's, let me tell you what his powers are first. He's got a uh, Three casting cost, 400 base attack, plus 100 power up, plus 100 tribal flip. Yokai in battle with B3 NK1 may not use power up bonuses. So that sounds pretty good. I'm guessing they still get a chance to do the flip as a defender uh, or the attacker. It doesn't, doesn't specify. So as long as they're battling, either defending or attacking him. They can't use the power-up bonus, so if they've got a bunch of cards stacked underneath of them, they don't get to add those. So it's just the base attack and then the tribal flip. So I like that. That seems like a really good ability. All right, we've got a forecasting cost card now. Shogunyan. I want to say I really like this card, and I think this card is going to get played quite a bit. It's got a 500 base attack. If you power him up, he gets plus 300. So if you've only got him powered up one time, he's got 800 base attack, which seems really, really good. And he gets plus 200 if you hit the tribe flip. Here's what I really like about him. If you play him, um, you get to flip a yokai medal. If it lands face down, put Shogunyan and any opposing yokai to sleep. I love it. That is amazing disruption on your opponent's field. So if you play him and you get heads, you flip the yokai medal. It doesn't say you may flip, so you have to flip when he comes into play. So if you flip that yokai medal, if it comes up heads, awesome, no problem. You've got this really strong yokai already out and ready to go. If it comes tails, that's awesome too. Yeah, he's going to go to sleep but you get to pick any one of your opponent's yokai to put to sleep. So if they only had one yokai out that was ready to block, you just put him to sleep. They've got no blockers. That's great. All right. The last card we have from this pack, we have a B3 NK1 that is foil. So it's super shiny like the promo that's coming out. It costs five to put into play. So you have to have five yokai out before you can even play this guy. He has a 600 base attack, plus 200 for a power up, and plus 200 for a tribe flip. When B3 NK1 attacks, your opponent must choose and discard a power up card. That's pretty good too. So when he attacks, if they've powered up any of the yokai, they have to choose one of those power up cards and discard it to their discard pile. So, that's pretty nice as well. I don't know about, it's got a 5 casting cost though, it seems really high. 
All right. That is the pack that we have seen so far. Now, there's a couple other cards that have come out, although they don't have any ability text. There was a Blazion that I posted. He is a three-cost Blazion. He has a 400 base attack, plus 100, and then plus 100. So that's just kind of a, a basic. And then uh, there's a Hydabat that's a one-drop for a 200, plus 100, plus 200 it looks like. A Frostina that's a four cost for a 500, 200, and then the Tribe Flip's covered up on that one. We've got a Komasan that's a zero drop for a 100 attack, a plus 100 Tribal, and plus 100 on the, I'm sorry, plus 100 for Power Up, plus 100 for Tribe Flip. And then I can't make out the Komajiro. Looks like a one casting cost. 200 base attack. Plus 100 to power up. And then I can't see the tribe flip power. So those are the cards we have right now. And I think, let me flip through all the pictures I'm slowly collecting here. I think I've gone over all of the information that I've got right now. Yep, I have. So, I know that was a lot of stuff to, to run over there. Now it's time for my initial thoughts. And here is where I just don't know if some of the decisions that were made were the right decisions for the game and community, but I guess we'll see as the game grows and evolves. But these are just initial thoughts. And like I said, I haven't played the game. I didn't get to go to the demo. So these are all thoughts based on what I've read and seen, not me playing the game. My first point I want to make, I think Hasbro has really limited the gameplay. I think they've pigeonholed where the game can go and therefore they've kind of doomed it in the long run. That's what I'm worried about. There's only one type of card in the game and with there only being one type of card that really limits what they can do in the next expansions. So what I'm really hoping, I'm hoping that this is just kind of get it out there let the younger crowd learn the basic rules and get into the game, and maybe the next expansion will come out with a new card type. I think if one more card type came out, that would just unlock so many different options, no matter what it is. Maybe it's item cards. Maybe it's sultimate cards. Anything would help add to the, the rule set that they could come up with. So that's... That's my biggest my biggest worry is they're not going to be able to, to keep this game going because it's just going to feel like the same thing over and over and over again. Another thought, the coin flip mechanic. I was really worried about metals, and I talked about that in my last podcast. I was worried about how metals were going to be used in gameplay, and I really didn't want it to feel pasted on. Well, guess what? This mechanic feels completely pasted on. Uh, it's flip a coin and heads or tails. That's kind of a bummer to me. I was really hoping for something more as far as the medals go. I'd come up with a couple ideas. I'm not saying they were the best ideas and they should have gone with that, but I think there should have been something else. If they felt the need to add the medals to the game, based on what I've read, you don't need to buy that many medals to play the game. So they're not really increasing the... I don't know, the the selling point of going out and buying medals. Because if there's only six spots on the mat, 
for medals. So let's say you could bring six medals with you and you're going to, I don't know, maybe buy one of each tribe and that's it. You're done. Or just buy two packs of medals and be good. Or you could buy just a three starter decks and you have everything you need. So I don't know. I thought that they were going to go the route to make it to where you needed to collect as many medals as possible or, you know, collect certain medals. If you wanted to play Shogunyan, you needed to go out and find the Shogunyan medal. I thought that's the route they were going to go. I'm kind of glad they didn't because I didn't want to spend all that money on yokai medals. So that's that's a bonus. I think my biggest complaint in the game, though, is that this rule set they've come up with, reading it, like I said, I haven't played it, so it might be different when I play the game. It just doesn't feel like yokai watch to me. And that's kind of the whole point of playing any game is to kind of get immersed in that universe and feel like you're, you know, one of the characters in that universe and you're doing whatever they're doing. You're having the same struggle that they're having. That, to me, that's the funnest part of any game. If you're playing Magic the Gathering, you're uh, you're a planeswalker. You're a wizard. You're summoning these creatures and sending them at your opponent. They're playing their spells. Uh, Pokemon trading card game, you're a, you're a Pokemon trainer, and you've got your team. You've got your main attacker, and you've got your your uh, uh, Pokemon on the bench that you're powering up and training and getting ready to send out to do their attacks. I'm not feeling it from this game. I'm not feeling like I'm doing anything that's related to the the uh, 3DS game. I'm not doing any kind of Sultimates. I'm not um, finding any like items. I'm not doing any like fusing of car or fusion items or I don't even have like my my tribe bonuses really for you know laying out my yokai in a specific way I just feel like they missed a lot of easy opportunities to incorporate that feeling of yokai watch but like I said I I'm hoping that when I get into it and start playing it then yeah, I feel, you know, oh, this is cool. This does feel like I've got my crew of yokai and I'm I'm knocking out my opponent's yokai. So I don't know. That could change. But as of right now, I think we lost that feeling of yokai watch. So positives. That was a lot of negatives I just ran over. My positives with the game. Kids can play it. It's got a simple rule set that'll be easy to pick up for the younger kids. My main goal of picking this game out was it was something that me and my son and my daughter, we all like, and we like playing the game, and uh, we like playing Wibble Wobble, and I thought this was going to be a good fit for us, and I still really feel this is going to be a good fit for us. I think they're going to be able to pick up on the gameplay, and they're going to be able to build their own decks, and we'll be able to play. And I think it's going to be simple enough that there might not be this best deck ever because there's a lot of coin flips involved. And when there's coin flips, there's luck. And when there's luck, it always gives everybody kind of a, an equal chance to win. And I like that. A lot of people complain and say, you know, I want to be able to build the best deck and that deck will always win every time. And if you're not playing that deck, you're not winning. That gets old, though. I love the, the thought of sitting down with my seven-year-old, and my six-year-old, and them being able to beat me at the game. Because nobody wants to play a game if you lose every time. 
and I've played a lot more games than my kids have, and I've spent a lot more time looking at the cards, so I'm going to have a huge advantage. And with all those coin flips and stuff, I think that's going to even it out, and I really do like that. My other thing I really like, I like the artwork a lot. From the cards I've seen, it looks really, really good. Now, my favorite artwork so far is that Promo Jabanian card. It just looks amazing. It really pops. The other cards, they still look good. Uh, the Shogunyun, he looks really awesome. B3 NK1 looks really cool. The one complaint I do have about the art, the way they did it, they had an illustrator illustrate the yokai, and then they illustrated backgrounds, and they have reused those backgrounds across the different yokai, which is kind of a bummer. Luckily, they look really good. The backgrounds look really good, so it's not that bad. And the way the yokai are put in front of the backgrounds makes them almost look different. But if you really check out those cards on our Twitter page, the Shogunyan has the exact same background as Dismerelda. But because Dismerelda is so big, you almost don't even notice. The B3NK1, um, it has the same background as Signible, but they zoomed in on it with a Signible, so you almost couldn't tell that it was the same background. Another thing that's kind of a bummer is the rare B3NK1 and the other version, I'll say, because there's no indication on these cards if it's common, uncommon, or rare. In fact, based on what I see, I almost think there's just common and then rare foil cards because there's nothing that indicates any uh, anything else. So you got the foil card in the pack, it looks like, and everything else is just normal. But anyway, the normal card and the rare foil card of the B3NK1, they have the exact same character art but a different background. So that's, that's kind of a bummer. I would have loved to see a completely different picture of B3 and K1. But overall, the art looks really, really good. I've seen some complaints on Reddit, people saying they don't like it, but I think it looks neat. Very three-dimensional, but not like CG three-dimensional. It still looks like an illustration, which is great. With that, I think... That's really all I had to cover. I know I've said this in each of the podcasts, and everybody's kind of quiet, and there's not probably not a ton of people that are super interested or hyped up in the game yet. I know there's a few of us out there that are talking it up, but I'd love to hear from everybody. Hit me up on Twitter. Tell me what you think uh, about the game and what you've seen so far. Are you still going to buy it? Are you going to buy it and play it? Are you going to buy it and just collect it? Are you going to pass completely? Are you buying it just for the medals, and you're going to throw the cards away? I'd love to hear that. Um, shoot me an email, thetattlecast at gmail.com. If you want to talk about anything I've you know discussed or anything I haven't discussed for that matter, I'd love to read emails in the future podcasts. I think we're going to start getting more and more information, especially if this stuff lands in a couple weeks. I'm planning on buying a ton of packs and starter decks and the, uh, the collector box, just everything for me and my son, and we're going to open it all up and go through it. I might even do a video showing us open it and playing our first game. Um, I don't know. I may, may make like a, a yokai party out of it and just either live stream it or something and go from there. But hit me up. Shoot me an email. Hit me up on Twitter. Let me know what you're thinking. Thanks for listening. And I will hopefully see you 
or you'll be hearing me sooner than later. Have a good one.